0: What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode number 32. Today with Chris Granville of Stone Brew. They are a heavy sort of power groove metal, sludge metal band from uh, Southern Maryland. Here, um, we got to talking about uh, Chris's background in music, playing guitar, and how he got started. Uh, The band uh, has a pretty good, significant following online. And uh, their latest release was in 2019 called Soundtrack of the Working Class. And they have a, a pretty cool music video for a song called Weed Ride, which I will feature here at the end of the episode. Um, you can definitely drop them a follow on Instagram or Spotify or wherever you might find their music. And as always, if you're a local musician, and in a band, and especially if you got new music and you want to chat, you can always hit me up. Without further ado, Stone Brew. Awesome. All right, cool. Yeah, we're live recording. Well, not. Oh, cool. Not literally live. Sorry. Okay. All right. Now, uh, yeah. What's up, man? My name's Brett. Um, Chris. Chris, cool. Nice to
1: meet you. Yeah, nice to finally meet you. Yeah,
0: man. It's all virtual these days for the most part, so. Um, yeah, I have noticed that. Yeah. The way she goes, way of the road right now, but um, yeah, uh, noticed your stuff, your band on the uh, on the Instagram. So I figured I'd hit nice. you up, see if you want to do a podcast, talk about it a little bit.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely, I'm totally down to hit up any podcast and do any type of interview and obviously we'll push your stuff as well as much as we can so
0: well, thanks i mean certainly don't have to um <laughs> no no of
1: course i mean you know you pushing us we're gonna push you as well so yeah, yeah. That's part of the community so yeah i feel like
0: um the point of starting this was just to kind of meet people and meet bands and you know sometimes right. you play together at a show but you don't necessarily get to hang out and talk or somebody's right. got to run or whatever that is.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm usually the one that has to run, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: So. I'm usually the one who's hanging out until the last call, but that's a different story. <laughs> so. <No.
1: laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's a little bit of a different story. Yeah. You're drinking a beer. I'm drinking a coffee. So, you know. Yeah. No uh, worries. Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually the guy going, I'm so tired guys. I'm going yeah. home, you know?
0: So. Yeah. All good. Yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, what do you play in the band?
1: So I'm guitar.
0: Okay, cool, yeah. I was going to say, I don't think you look like the singer from the videos that I saw.
1: No, no, definitely not. No, no. I told him about it, and he was like, man, I wish I was on that. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, dude. Yeah,
0: Yeah, he's got a pretty heavy, like, uh, Philip Anselmo sort of style, I think. For sure
1: that is exactly what he's going for true yeah true. True. Uh, sure he's probably his biggest influence is uh, Phil Anselmo and for me I mean he's uh, Phil's definitely high up on the list but yeah. Um, yeah he's he loves I mean anything Phil does he, he absolutely loves it so right on. Um, which I mean same here I mean I love you know Pantera down super joint you know uh, even Phil Anselmo and the illegals even though At this point, it's just him covering a bunch of Pantera songs, you know. (laughs) Unfortunately, but yeah, I mean, I we we all grew up on that type of music. So,
0: well, I'm a big time dive Bag fan. I mean, I'm a guitar player, uh, through and through. So, I mean, I grew up studying all those dudes, but specifically Van Halen and Dime, probably the most. So,
1: uh, right. For me, it was uh, it was always uh, Eddie and David Gilmour. Hmm. Uh, I, I love Pink Floyd I grew up on Pink Floyd I grew up on Van Halen So it was like Trying to get a I guess a mix of them And I didn't get started on guitar Until I was like 20 or 21
0: Ooh, So Late bloomer
1: Yeah Yeah very late bloomer Yeah my parents were like No you can play trumpet And I was like But I want to do guitar And they're like No
0: that's sucks No
1: that's Yeah they, well they, they I sucked at trumpet So they thought I'd naturally Suck at guitar too uh-huh. So you know yeah. yeah,
0: I guess they didn't want you to turn yeah. into some sort of devil spawn, but at the same time,
1: I, I guess <laughs> I think they just didn't want to hear the noise, you mm-hmm. know, which is understandable, you know.
0: Get your little nylon string, learn some
1: Beethoven, you know. But, That's what I said. I was yeah. like, I'll take anything. I don't care. I just don't want to do like trumpet, you know. Yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, I don't know. What are I mean. you gonna
0: do? Well, hopefully, some form of musical talent, you know, kind of seep through there. In a way?
1: I feel like it did. You know, yeah. um, I, I do guitar for this band, and I sing for another band called Coast Is Clear. So, cover band? Um, cover band? No. no. No, we're all originals. It's like um, mixed between groove metal and uh, metalcore. So, like, they call it groovecore, but I just call it whatever the hell it wants to be, you know? Like yeah. just heavy metal.
0: And uh, you said it's called Coast to Coast?
1: Coast Is Clear.
0: Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> drop you a quick little uh, like here on that band page as well. So I got the uh, got them all. Awesome. You know what I mean on the internet. Awesome,
1: yeah, um, yeah, they're not as um, we're not as active as Homebrew no is. Um, yeah. That's more of it's been around much longer, but um, we, we kind of I guess you could say been lazy. And haven't really had mu- as much finances or financing for this ba- as that as much as we did for Stonebrew. So exactly. it's been and way more t- lineup changes as well with that band. So yeah,
0: thousand likes, so it must be it must have been around for a while.
1: Um. Yeah, we've been around since 2011, I think. Yeah. So nine, ten years about. And before that, me and the guitarist of that band were in a band called Pistol Creek Gang which gotcha. really, that's when I started doing everything, you know.
0: Well, you got almost 10, I mean, 2,000 uh, likes for Stonebrew, so that ain't no uh, slouch either.
1: No, but, no, uh, not? that's not? That was years of pushing, you uh, know, yeah. pushing the music and getting people to like it and, like, going on to, like, doom metal pages and stuff like that and just being, like, posting a crap load of our own stuff, you know.
0: So, yeah, let's definitely obviously talk about Stonebrew. We don't need to go into the side projects necessarily. No, yet. that's
1: fine. That's fine. No big
0: deal. I figure your bandmates would probably appreciate that more. <laughs>
1: they definitely would, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, sure. um, yeah, Check checked out the video you sent me, um, the uh, The weed song with the bus. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you. You want to talk about that video or that song at all? Because that's probably yeah. the one I'll feature on this um Podcast, unless you tell me okay.
1: otherwise. Uh, no, that's perfect. That's a great song to to feature. That's um, so we wrote that a few years back and recorded it just probably about a year ago, year and a half ago. Um, and at the time, uh, our rhythm guitarist was like, "Well, why don't we just do a music video for this one?" And he had this whole vision of you know the song's about going, apparently going to pick up weed or yeah, you know, picking up the weed and then driving around and smoking weed, which is what we all know to be a weed ride. Um, and we just had an idea of, you know, like we're driving a bus to go pick up weeds. And yeah, it was pretty funny. like, it just, it kind of, yeah, it just kind of like um, transformed in this whole thing where we're, we're going to be chased by cops and stuff. And yeah. um, when we, when we did the video, it was actually a hundred it was the hottest day of summer it was about wow. 104 degrees outside and we were on top of the bus we did pro shots on top of the bus shots in front of the bus and then we did all that stuff inside the bus all in the same day and it was so fucking hot dude yeah. like i swear if if you watch the video you notice that like i i'm wearing different shirts because i sweat through literally five shirts yeah i know because I it was you. just so fucking hot
0: I know about some long video shoot days that uh, definitely tends to but happen.
1: Yeah. yeah, it tends to be a pain in the ass sometimes, especially when it's like super hot. So, yeah. and then when we did the guitar solo part, they were like, "Yeah, well, why don't you smoke a joint?" And I was like, "Okay, I have no problem with that." So I'm taking long ass drags of fucking yeah. the joint with actual weed inside of it. So yeah, like by the she... end of it, they're all like, all right, yeah. we got to move equipment. And I'm just like, uh, You're just like like... that's why you... Yeah, yeah uh, pretty much I'm pro... sitting in a chair going, I think I might die guys. Pro, pro <laughs> I don't know uh, if I've ever been that high.
0: Yeah. Huh? Pro tip by the way, uh, because I literally just shot a, uh, herbal based uh, music video, shall we say? Um, gotta put a little tobacco in there man that's the uh
1: that's i should have that's the
0: pro tip it's the same thing when i guess people are ripping shots in music videos that ain't always <laughs> vodka or, no or no whiskey. of course not Yes. Yeah. that could just be good old-fashioned <laughs> coca-cola or water so right,
1: right. yeah we uh, we thought about it but then it ended up just somebody had a fat joint and they're like here yeah. you go and i'm like well, <laughs> well i guess it's happening man in
0: Rome, at least it's authentic you know? yeah
1: Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it was authentic as hell. So. <laughs> but we had a, we had a great time with that, and we pushed it as much as we could. Um, and it's we've we got nothing but good feedback on that on that song. Um, yeah. So you know, and and that first album or that album in general, it's our only album right now, it was a big. Yeah, there's a lot of different sounds on that album. So Weed Ride was really what we were going for when it came to a sound, like just that southern metal, you know, kind of doomy but yet fun rock and rolly type thing. Yeah. Um, so we we went with Weed Ride over literally everything else when it came to a music video.
0: Yeah, just because
1: um, it was a fun song.
0: We'll get off this subject real quick, but like. Uh, it's funny a lot of bands joke as soon as you put anything related to that in a song title like mm-hmm. people just immediately you know listen to it mm-hmm. or the algorithms sort of reward it whatever it yeah. is it's just funny like that those types of songs always rise to the top so I just wrote a song oh, yeah, the other day called Dispensary Kid <laughs> I'm about to release oh, it oh that's awesome just cause <laughs> it's like well why not everybody else is doing. yeah it.
1: Wh- why not I mean yeah. Look, I mean, I, I see it this way. It's twenty twenty, right? Um, yeah. You can't, you can't really get mad about that anymore. There's so much more you can get mad about these days. True. and that honestly, it's just, it's like, a, it's like when I see somebody get mad about weed. I'm like, are you really like? There's so much more going on. You're, you still care about that? Yeah. And I think I saw an, an ad the other day, or some type of post on Facebook where it said marijuana will melt your brain or something and I was like we're still on that Mm -hmm. Like, are you really like you still think that's true like come on so I I, I think it's it's still kind of a little bit fringe just to a tad bit Um, so I mean throwing that out there man it's people are gonna they're gonna flock to it I feel like it's
0: kind of funny it's a little cliche or whatever but it's just like it's one of those things that always seems to never go out of style
1: yeah, well, I don't think, obviously, I don't think marijuana will ever go out of style, yeah, dude. Like, if anything, it'll be more and more in style as yeah. the years go on, you know? Right on. So, but yeah, So. But yeah, it was a, like I said, it was a fun shoot, so we had a lot of fun with that one.
0: So, yeah, it so, looks like you got an EP uh, recently out uh, with five songs. Um.
1: So, uh, we, we, we don't have anything, we don't have it out yet. We haven't even recorded it yet, but we have... A six-song EP already written, and we're in pre-production for that. What so right I... now we're getting the countdown.
0: Okay, never mind. I was looking at the top five songs for you guys on Spotify, which I thought was a separate okay. EP, but that's just, in fact, your album, which is called Soundtrack right. of the Working Class. Good title. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, and that looks like it came out in 2019.
1: Yep, that came out last year, and uh, the whole title behind that is we're you know we're five guys, or four guys at this point um, that just we're, we all we're all part of the working class, yeah. and we write music that's about it. We we all have full time jobs, and and you know like music is our passion, but we also understand that in the year 2020, like there's no. It's really hard to make it. I mean, you have, you had to be lucky back in the '70s or oh, yeah. '80s to make it. Yeah these, oh, yeah, these days, like you have to be, you got to be post Malone to make it. You know, you have yeah. to be that type of music you have to be in order
0: by to make the it. gatekeepers or whatever. But um, exactly. So yeah, so yeah, we're all working class here. I mean, um, actually, my band's little slogan that I like to say is like "rock and roll tailored to the unrest of the masses." You know, but yeah. Like, uh, essentially I started this podcast for the part-timers, for the guys, uh, you know, everybody, the every man who's out there just playing. None of us are living on this. Well, then again, maybe I've had one or two people who are on here, so maybe they're, uh, kind of in between, but but yeah, for the most part, the rest of us, we're just playing just
1: to play. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing is like, um, you know, I've, I've had band members who were like, we're going to do this big, and we're going to make it big, and I'm sitting there going, oh, be realistic. Want to, like, that's obviously the goal. One day, you know, like, I, I think my biggest dream is always to play, like, Download or Rock and Ring or something like that, where, you know, you basically just look out in the crowd, and it just looks like a bunch of uh, just random ass people out there, hundreds yeah, of thousands of, of people. people, you know. Yeah. Right, and that would be cool as shit. But at the same time, I'm realistic, and I understand that, you know, that may not ever happen, you know? And oh, I'm 32 yeah. years old. Like, I think I'm past the age where I'm, you know, sitting here fantasizing about it, you know?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, it's re- it's good to be realistic and pragmatic and all those things, but uh, I know some old dudes who've uh, still played Meriwether and, like, <laughs> I don't really? know, it just things can happen. I mean, I I don't think you should ever expect something like that to happen.
1: Uh, right. Well, that's that's yeah. my whole thing is I don't yeah. I don't expect to make it big. You know, yeah. I expect I expect to maybe like I think my goal at this point is to play in front of a thousand people. You know, if yeah, I can I play mean, in front of a thousand people, I I've, I've hit 2 300 by yeah. now. I think it was like the la- we did a show with the band called Any Given Sin. Yeah. And that was a big turnout. Like there were 2 300 people there. Um, but I would love to play in front of a thousand. You know, I think the main thing is small goals. You know, work yeah, your yeah. way up. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. If you come out and thinking, I'm going to make it huge and I'm going to play in front of 10,000, 20,000 people, I mean, you're going to get disappointed pretty easily. I mean, I like I said, I've been doing this since I was 17 years old. So
0: I thought you started playing then, guitar at 20. Sorry.
1: I <laughs> started playing guitar at 20, oh, but I singing. started... Started doing music at seventeen, and and I was doing it before then. But you know, going out and playing shows, I was seventeen years old when I played my first one. So um, you know, I think it's it's smart to kind of understand that you know I've been in it for now, twenty uh, or uh, fifteen years. So I've seen I've seen everything a person can see. You know, like I, I, like like Dave Grohl has said, if you don't play in front of just the sound guy and the bartenders. You never really been in a band. You never really played out. Like, oh yeah,
0: and yeah. My, uh, so I mean, <laughs> my favorite little one-liner on the mic, uh, whenever that happens, is like, "Well, we're obviously playing here for the bartender, and we're also more importantly playing for the spirits at this point."
2: <laughs>
1: oh, absolutely. I yeah. usually just go, "All right, band practice, guys, let's go." Yep. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, and it's nothing like we still want to go hard. Obviously, like you know, when you're on stage, like it's a whole different. It's, or even just in front of lights and speakers, like it's a whole different feel. But at the same time, like, like I said, like it's, it's about fun Oh
0: yeah.
1: at this point for me, it's about, I think feeding my own soul. Like yeah. I, I love music and I've always wanted to do it. I remember being a little kid, jumping around with you know, with my mom's hairbrush to, you know, singing to, you know, Van Halen and Pink Floyd and jumping around thinking I'm Sammy Hagar and shit like that, you know? Like like I've always loved music and I've always wanted to do this. So it's like I said, it's feeding my soul at this point. Um Yeah. Always, the love for music.
0: I read it in a book somewhere, um, essentially it was some hitchhiker and he was like, you know, I kinda like the mentality that life's about a little triangle of goals, and in like one corner, you have uh, or in one corner you have goals. In one corner you have relationships, and then in the other you have creative outlet. And oh yeah, for It sure. helps create just a balanced life, mm-hmm. you know, for all intents and purposes.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, and I feel like, for me at least, I feel like music. Like if we're going by the triangle, I feel like music just kind of encompasses it all for me like yeah. I, I have great different. relationship i build great relationships when i'm in bands with people and when i go out and play shows with people um for us the southern maryland community is very tight-knit um like right now the guitarist for crow hunter is filling in on bass for us because our has yeah. ended up leaving um and uh you know like we, our drummer fills in for them and vice versa. We have a whole, like, we're very tight-knit group down there in the county, uh, down in Calvert. So, um, yeah. you know, you build great relationships when you do this. You, um, you know, obviously feed your creative uh, creative outlet. And it's, to, for at least for me, it's a goal. You know, mm-hmm. like, like I said, I've always wanted to do this stuff. Like, even being like a 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid, like I wanted to play the music that I wanted to play. And at that time, it was, you know, slit, knot, mud vein and all that. Yeah. But yeah, then I uh, then I really dove into the whole, like NOLA, uh, the whole NOLA scene and the South Carolina scene, like with Wilmington and all that stuff uh, with like Weed Eater and stuff. And man, that blew me away. because I mean, it was like, for me, it was like, holy crap, they took blues and rock and roll and just made it a little bit fucking heavier, you know? Yeah. Whereas, like, Slipknot was like, you know, like, holy crap, this is, like, the most chaotic thing I've ever heard in my life, you know? Yeah. So, it was, um, like I said, it's it music just encompasses everything to me. Like, it's always been everything I've always wanted to do. So, it's, it's beautiful shit, I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah, man. So, did you uh, play Roach Fest with uh, Roachzilla down there? we did right
1: we did uh, that was a that was actually a really fun time uh, yeah, way better turnout man. and um, man you should have seen there was rain in pretty much not the whole time but for yeah. a good amount of time and there was still like I would say about 200 people like in and out not at one time but about yeah. 200 in and out which was a huge turnout for um, a local gig in the rain you know, yeah, for sure. um, and I, I hate COVID and I hate 2020, but I think that this whole COVID thing is going to really fuel live music again. Like, it
0: certainly could, I if it, it's ever allowed again. I mean,
2: I don't know.
1: I mean, I feel like people took advantage of, of live music. I feel like people went on to YouTube and they're like, oh, I saw a live video, so I don't need to go, you know, I got the live experience. I don't need to go see Kill Switch or, really? you know, all these things. I feel like it's a lot, of, I'm, I'm not sure if that's always how it is, but yeah. for the, like, especially for live music, yeah. I feel like people got super underappreciative of local music, of talent within the area, and that became an issue, but I feel like this whole COVID thing is really going to drive it again. Once it's all over, people really want to be out. They're tired of being cooped up, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So well, I feel like it'll really help out.
0: Yeah, I like that opinion and that perspective because you're probably the first person to really even say something like that. Um, And I've talked to a lot of people who play music over the last six months. So it's kind of cool to hear that perspective because I hope also that that's true.
1: I mean, I'm not saying that it is the way it's going to be. I'm just saying that I really, like, it feels that way because, like I said, before this COVID stuff, man, we'd have 20... 30 40 people at a show i after that like the roachzilla that Mm. roach fest that was a really great turnout the show we just had saturday at uh, tribes motorcycle club was an amazing turnout um people just seem to want to come out and do music again and see music again so um i mean and and then you go you go back and look and you look at like um I'll use Matt Heafy from Trivium as a uh, yeah. as an example. He's doing all that Twitch stuff. Mm. But man, I I know for a fact he's itching to get back on the road. Oh, yeah, and people are know. itching people are itching to still be able to go see them cuz they just dropped a brand new album. I'm mm. pretty sure. I think just like I think I want to say 4 or 5 months ago. So they, you know, and then like uh, all these tours got canceled, and yeah. everybody just kind of can't do anything. Uh, even um, Rob Flynn from Machine Head, he's doing uh, what live acoustic, this like acoustic hour or something like that, just to kind of feed the fans with something, you know. Um, so I, I don't know. I I just, I feel like once all this COVID stuff is is over, I feel like there may be an uptick in attendance to shows, which I really, really hope there is, because I'm...
0: Yeah, well, you're preaching uh, to choir right now.
1: Yeah, because you get tired of it, you know? You get tired of being, just sitting in front of, you know, a few people and going, and one guy going like this, and then everybody else is in the back, like, cool. Like, you know, like, I'm waiting for my friends to go on, you know?
0: yeah I mean that certainly can happen Um, I do think in those scenarios it's like mostly incumbent upon the band to actually have a looser attitude and a more fun way of talking to the crowd I know in metal like in particular that can be a little tough but I've seen plenty of metal bands just have fun in the situation and just kind of I don't know just at the end of the day you're just playing for who's there whether it's a couple people or a lot of people. so.
1: Well, I have been saying for the past couple of years that metal needs to go back to being fun. Yeah. Uh, metal and rock and roll in, in general. Tough. Because yeah. cause rock and roll ain't fun anymore. I mean, it, it became... Rock and roll and and metal both kind of became about like feelings and emotions, which is fine. It's just, that's, you know, that's obviously the root of what we play from blues and uh, you know, uh, R&B and stuff like that. Yeah. But... At the same time, like, I remember a day, you know, in the 90s where music was just kind of fun to watch. In the 80s, oh, yeah. metal was fun to watch. Like, yeah. you know, bands like, uh, I don't know, like, like, even Pantera was fun to yeah. see, you know. Yeah. And but everything got serious.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. I never actually set out to be a frontman in any way, shape, or form. I love just sitting back playing lead guitar or guitar riffs or whatever. But right. the last, I don't know, whatever years has been, I've sort of dabbled in being a frontman. And one of the biggest, I guess, uh, interests for me was to kind of put my money where my mouth was because I felt like frontmen and especially bands and friends bands that I was seeing just weren't having a good enough rapport with the crowd. Like, they weren't cracking jokes. They weren't having fun. They didn't seem like they were, like... Well, they basically seemed like they were t- taking themselves pretty seriously. And right. it's just like the bands that I always remember, no matter how famous or not famous they are, are the ones who just like they have a front man who is just like, all right, lay it on me, you know? Who, who's got a good uh, one liner for me? Who's going to make fun of me? And then throw exactly. it right back at him and, and like engage with the crowd. Like tell us. Even
1: Phil Anselmo. Even Phil yeah. Anselmo a lot of the time, got, just said random-ass crazy shit. Like, I think there's one show where he's like, I got a big dick, and you're yeah. like, fucking Phil and Selma, holy
2: shit,
0: He got a little preachy toward the end, but... Uh,
1: no, yeah. for sure, definitely, yeah. Especially, especially when he was doing all the heavy, yeah. heavy drinking. Um, but, I mean, if you can't have fun, and if you take yourself too seriously, then the crowd's gonna take you way too seriously. Yeah. And at that point nobody's having any fun. And yeah. I would rather, I'd rather see everybody out there just headbanging, jumping around, having a good time instead of people just going like, man, you know, this, you know, I, I don't want them critiquing it. I want them having a good time. And yeah. every, every single band's answer to that is, well, they're going to be drinking. Mm. So the fuck what? They don't have to be drinking though. Yeah, you know, they, and, awesome. and they're not always drinking.
0: And like, I think the number one thing that any frontman can do, especially, especially when you're playing original music, and I don't care what genre is, like rap, metal, anything, like if you just tell a small little snippet or a little story about the song that you're about to play, I don't know why it's not normal, but man, like when bands do it, it just seems so much better. At least... To me, as a listener in the audience, I'm just like, all right, I'm kind of more on your side now, cause like, I've heard what what you're where you're coming from, and I don't always understand the words, man. As an audience member, I just don't. Uh, absolutely. I don't, I don't care if you guys played the song a hundred times to yourselves. Doesn't mean I'm gonna understand it. So give me no, a little. Exactly. Like, give me a little something. Give me like a little something that'll bring me right. in and then like make me interested. And I do right. think that that is the front man's responsibility. And unfortunately oh, absolutely. a lot of bands just don't do it and I don't get it. <laughs> so I
1: feel like uh especially on the local side, I feel like there's yeah. a lot of that time time constraint, you know? Well, I gotta a play a yeah. twenty to thirty minute set, so I gotta push as many songs as I can into the set. Singer, shut the hell up, let's do the song, you know, <laughs> like I look good we, at it. and I've even caught myself doing that to my to, to John Wayne. i I've, I've said that to him before I think our first show we ever played, he started talking about politics. And I was like, mm-hmm. dude, talk about whatever you want, but don't throw that in there. Yeah, like,
0: yeah there's You can subjects. talk
1: about... Right, you, you can throw some little thing here and there, but don't, you don't have to throw in politics. You don't have to t- talk at, about it at length. You could just be like, you know, fuck politics or fuck this yeah. politician or fuck that politician. You know, at the end of the day, like I don't think Rage Against Machine did that until they got bigger. Uh, I remember if you go on YouTube, you can check out videos of them playing at fairs and stuff. Yeah. And there's one particular video where they're playing a fair, and I'm Mm -hmm. watching people walk by, and I'm like, y'all don't know what you're passing by. Like, you're passing Mm -hmm. by, like, probably one of the greatest bands to ever, like, you know, come out of the 90s. And, like, you're... But no big deal. But they didn't, you know, they didn't preach to anybody. They didn't preach to anybody until they got bigger, when Mm -hmm. they actually got the people people's ears, you know, Um, so don't, you don't have to be preachy, you know, throw a little something in there every now and then, I try to do that when I'm, when I'm up on stage with a microphone, I try to throw a little something in there and say, hey, this song's about that, you know, or throw in a little joke, or maybe mess with the guitarist and make fun of somebody, one one of the guys in the band, you know, as we normally do, Um, and that that always gets somebody on your side, because they're like, oh yeah, okay, so you're like us. You know y'all are just friends and like like it's it, it lightens the mood you know um and and like you said it, it gets people on your side because yeah. a lot of the time it's i feel like it's a standoff between you and the crowd right you, you have know your band you, you're a band they've never heard of a band they've never heard a band that may never ever hear again so why not give them a little bit background maybe ease up and, and make things a little bit more fun you know because if you make it more fun I, fun is more memorable than sad angry oh yeah and all that stuff. we've all you seen
0: know? that a million times
1: oh absolutely yeah. dude yeah. i mean you know like i said i was in the slipknot mud like that's yeah. just angry music dude like i want to have fun so everybody will remember fun more than they'll remember all those other emotions um
0: and yeah, I think, and that's
1: kind of whole
0: And like talking about a set list that's short, like I'm of the, the stance that it's like, well, that's not a big deal. Let's just pick our four or five best songs. and hope we play them well. And if we right. want to talk about them a little bit or do a shot with the crowd or like whatever in between mm-hmm. songs and kind of bring people in, that's a much better strategy because people are more likely to feel included. And I don't mm-hmm. think... That it's the crowd's job to build the bridge to the band. I mean, I do think that both parties are responsible for a great show when a great show happens. But Absolutely. it's the band's job, and like it or not, uh, we're just entertainers at the end of the day. I mean,
1: yep. A lot of people well, offended Well, uh, We're entertainers and promoters now, so yeah, we're <laughs> whatever.
0: But we're the entertainment, and it's like it's right. our job to help build that bridge or at least put the first step forward because everybody's (laughs) looking at us we're on stage so it's like you know and I think a lot of bands sometimes they just get the feeling it's like are you just here to show us that you're cool or that you have great music or at least you think you have great music Mm -hmm. but sort of it's like you're playing it at us instead of for us
1: right Um, yeah I think that's another thing about a lot of bands um, ego, ego yeah. can really, really, really kill your chances with anybody you listen to. If you, like, I, I remember, I went and saw this band Nonpoint years ago, mm-hmm. and I went up to the drummer and I was like, "Dude, I love y'all's music. I, I love it absolutely." and He goes, "Yeah, I know." And I was immediately like, you got to be shitting me, dude. Did you actually say that? Like, I know. Usually anybody who would be like, oh, thank you. I appreciate it. But he came out with the I know. And I was like, oh, I can't deal with that, you know? Um, And that kind of killed my vibe with that band, because I love that band. Mm -hmm. But after that, it was kind of like, I don't like anything that you've come out with since. So I don't know if that Mm -hmm. had something to do with it, but it it just kind of killed my vibe with them. I haven't seen them since. And... Honestly, I don't know if I would want to. Like, that, that kind of thing, you know, when you have a big ego, um, it it, kills, it just kills the vibe, man. Like, mm-hmm. be humble. Be out there, play some music, get off stage, sign whatever people want you to sign, talk to a couple people, then go to your tour bus, you know? Yeah. Nobody's, nobody wants to spend. The, that's not true. There are plenty of people who just want to spend time with you but more than likely they will be understanding and, and more than likely if, if they see you with a smile on your face and shake your hand or give you a, what are they, a gap or whatever they call it. Um, <laughs> I mean, then they'll more than likely they'll come back for another show and, and they'll go check out your music because that is more memorable. Actually, I think the ego is obviously going to be memorable, but it's going to turn people off. Um, we had this conversation with an old member of uh, one of my bands. It was like, dude, if you keep up the ego and you keep acting like you're better than everybody else, nobody's going to want to play music with you. Nobody's yeah. going to want to play music with you and nobody's going to wa- want to watch you play music uh, yeah. because they know what you're about. They know that you're all about yourself. So, You know one of the
0: best, yeah. while we're on the subject, that's sort of, I guess, uh, one of the best front men I've probably ever seen was the... The guy from asking alexandria who oh yeah he's was, really good somewhat uh, yeah danny he's just mm-hmm. hilarious like he could do stand-up yeah. i feel like uh, at least
1: yeah and that and, and that's the thing is like you don't even have to do stand-up but it's like yeah. if you're funny then just fucking yeah. do it you know say something like make it funny like, yeah, like make it memorable
0: he'll get up there and make fun of his beer gut and you know mm-hmm. talk about his tight pants and
1: Whatever. Well, that's why like, that's why I love um, Adam D from Killswitch. He yeah. always says some random ass dumb shit on stage, like "I like titties" or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're, everybody's just like, "Fuck yeah, dude, we're drunk, we love titties too," you know? Like, just have a little bit of fun yeah. every now and then, you know? You want to know and a, crazy,
0: a crazy story about Killswitch? I heard from a promoter is that they paid sixty to eighty grand to go on tour when they were starting what, out. at the beginning. Yeah,
1: so we play with a band called. Uh, Alica um, every now and then they pay 20 fucking grand to be on a label mm-hmm. um, that to me kills me I don't yes. I, 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 like what happened to the days man what happened to the days where you don't have to pay somebody for well, your own music, right. you know, like I write the music, I rehearse it, I record it, I paid for the recordings, I did all this stuff. Why do I have to pay you to push my stuff? Like yeah. it should be a partnership to me, you know. That's but...
0: the way it should be. And I'm not accusing any bands of doing anything in particular, but if you're born with a trust fund, I guess it's far easier to take the shortcut and just say, "Hey, I'll, oh yeah, I'll give you oh, thousands yeah. of dollars. To take me on tour, you know."
1: Yeah, so. I mean, I, I uh, when I talked, I, I don't think it was quite. We just gave them money. I think it was quite more of, oh, uh, they invested in us and we owe them that, you know. Like at the end of the day, you know, like mm-hmm. which is just as good, you know. Um, and the guys in that band, man, they've been doing it years and years. They used to be in a band called, I think it was called Arabella. They played out of state, um, so like you know, like veterans of the local scene and shit. So, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of those, I I know for a fact, I remember hearing that Atreyu kind of did the same thing as well, um, Mm -hmm. because they're from LA. And from what I understand, I think Alex and the drummer were both kind of, they had a little bit of mommy and daddy's money, you know, Mm -hmm. like Orange Mm -hmm. County, Orange County money. So fuck dude, we, we came from, I wouldn't say nothing, but we came from middle class, and we've been working our asses off ever since, from blue collar, and that, to me, is it's not insulting, because, you know, however you want to make it, that's how you made it, you know, that's how you want to make it. But for me, its I've always believed in hard work and just pushing yourself, you know. Uh, my dad taught me hard work. My mom taught me hard work. It didn't quite start clicking until I was about in my early 20s, but, you yeah. know, like, I feel like that's everybody these days, Um, but I mean, it's about hard work, and if you really love the music that much, then you'll make it work yourself, and if you don't, then if you don't love the music, then you'll be out of it in a couple of years, and and nobody will care about you, and then everybody else that you did music with that did care will continue on without you, you know, and that brings me back to, that kind of brings us back to why people start doing music, you know, like, I I know a couple people who started doing music just to get some pussy, you know, I know a couple Mm -hmm. guys who did it because they wanted to be famous, and it's like, you're doing it for all, in my opinion, you're doing it for all the wrong reasons, like, you should be doing it for the love, like, if you love music, that's, like, it'll stick with you forever, you know?
0: Yeah, and then that goes back to our, kind of earlier conversation of just like it feeds your soul and then you generally probably feel a little better about yourself in the long run.
1: oh absolutely when i when i was i first so i started singing when i was 16 uh 17 but i started writing lyrics when i was like 12 years old because i started getting heavy into like linkin park and uh, disturbed and slipknot and stuff like that and like, writing lyrics just made, kind of made me feel a little bit better, and it made my, my, you know, upcoming teen angst kind of a little bit lower, you know? Uh, Because I was, I I think we, we were all angsty little assholes back in, you know, when we were teens, but I wanted to write music, and writing music always helps me kind of get rid of the angst, the anger, and the sadness, or whatever the fuck, you know? I'm not going to say I'm depressed or anything like that, but Everybody feels a little bit down every now and then. and For me, music always did it. Uh, you know, it's my therapist, I guess you could
0: say. Yeah, man. I think most people probably feel that way who play music. Yeah, um, Because this is the Part-Time Rockstar podcast, uh, I do ask people what they do for a living. I mean, you obviously okay. don't have to get into it too much or even at all, but I am just curious. No, that's
1: fine. Um, so I, I manage a warehouse, i uh, been doing warehousing since I was 15. Yeah. Uh, my dad, I, I worked for my dad for probably about five or six years. And the funniest thing was, like I told you before, my dad always told me to work hard. My dad sat me down when I first started working there and said, you are not going to move up fast in this company because you have my last name. Yeah. I'm going to put you through the ringer and you're going to have to work your ass off to get anywhere. And I did. I had to work my ass off and I've been doing it for, God, like 18, 17, 18 years now. Um, and when COVID hit, I lost my job as, uh, up in Baltimore and this, uh, this company called 95 traffic safety was just starting up. Um, and they, they called me, they wanted me to work for them. So now I'm doing that. Now I'm managing the warehouse for them. Um, so, uh, I I wouldn't say it's a passion. But it's definitely something I'm really good at, and yeah. it's something I understand. Um, I've worked from third-party logistics to movers to uh, – I've worked – uh, probably seen office movers' trucks. Yeah. Uh, I used to work for them. Yeah. Um, so I've done I've done a lot of different things. I, I, I was a cook at one point. I think I was a night shift supervisor at CVS. Um, I've done a lot of different jobs. My first job was McDonald's, so, you know, um, so, but that's what I do. I just manage a warehouse and shipping and receiving and cones and drums and message boards and asphalt and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's still fun though. Right on. You know? Yeah. I mean,
0: I think that ultimately it's a motivator if you have a job of any kind, whether blue collar or white collar or whatever. And you play music because although all of us probably would love to do it full time, you know, some people who try to do it full time who, let's just say, haven't quite made it, shall we say? Right. I feel like sometimes have so much time on their hands that maybe things don't get done (laughs) or at least as efficiently as they probably want to do them. And right. I think sometimes, like, having that time crunch or having that that extra drive or kick in the ass mm-hmm. to get something done because you got a job, I mean, that can give you a lot of focus uh, when you <laughs> are trying to do something creative. Uh, right. Everybody's different and everybody works differently. But at least I, I've noticed that.
1: And I, I think uh, at and, um, and another kind of to add on to that i feel like working makes me want to do the music more maybe yeah. it makes me want to drive harder for the music because i'm working eight nine hours ten hours a day and i'm sitting there going fuck dude I, I just want to get out so i can you know go to band practice and play some music and feel a little bit better about my day because i've had a crappy day right. and i just kind of need the music to make it better and it's honestly drives me just a little bit more to push and kind of, because I don't want to do this forever, man. I don't want to be a warehouse manager for the rest of my life. Like I said, the ultimate goal is to play in front of thousands of people. You know, it, it, the ultimate goal is to be on a tour bus, having to drive from, you know, Philadelphia to Pittsburgh overnight, getting there, doing your rehearsals, jumping on stage, playing the music, yeah, that's jumping a off. Drive,
0: man.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, well
1: you know, I'm saying, eh, time, yeah. I don't know if yeah, you right. picked the best cities. All right, two fine. <laughs> from, from from Pennsylvania to Ohio. There, well that's still you gotta um, go out west. Indianapolis. Man. Let's say Indianapolis. Let's just in Indianapolis Let's say Indianapolis overnight. Little Vegas. quick drive. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, but you get what I'm saying. You know, like, like, I feel like at the end of the day, that's the ultimate goal is to, to tour the world and see the yeah. world and see all the people and show them what you love more than anything, and that's music. Um, I don't care about, I don't want to be an actor. I don't I sure as hell don't want to be, a, you know, a, a TV host or anything like that. I, I don't want to be famous. I just want to play music in front of people, and if I can go around the world doing that, that that would ultimately feed my soul more than anything else. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, cheers to that. Cheers uh, to that,
0: um, man. Yeah, kind of. I mean, we've obviously talked a lot about, uh, shall we say, your perspective of everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I haven't asked you a ton about the band necessarily. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Stone Brew in particular, and I, again going back to your bandmates, I feel like right. probably owe them a little bit of something. So, so man, I if you want that. to talk uh, about who does what in the band, sometimes it's yes, kind of interesting to hear, like who drives right. the ship or who drives the booking or who drives the merch or right. riffs. I mean, the uh,
1: um, you know, at this point. Uh so the band is it consists of myself on guitar, John Wayne on on vocals, um John Bacabello on rhythm guitar and then George Sutherland on drums. Um me, myself, John Wayne and George were the core of the band. we the we I wouldn't say start Well, we started the band. Um, with our buddy Cody who ended up leaving because uh, he had way too many projects he was doing, um, and it wasn't quite his type of music. Um, but we're founding members. We're the founding members of the band. Um, we mostly push everything. Um, I write riffs for the most part. I write the riffs. Up till, up till now, I've written every riff. Um Acabella came in the band about maybe two, three months ago. And he really he clicked like that. It was instantaneous, um, which was what I was looking for when it came to a rhythm guitarist. So somebody that complimented me and complimented, you know, the riffage and understood what we're doing. Um, we've had a couple basses. Cody was our first bassist. And then we had a guy, Tommy Windsor, in there for a little bit. Um, but, you know, they uh, Tommy ended up just not, like, kind of feeling the music. Same... Cody, I feel like felt it, but it just, he had way too much going on at the time. He's now in Roachzilla. Okay. Um, he's a guitarist for Roachzilla.
0: I did have him um, on the podcast as well.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I was like, that's awesome. I know those guys. Uh, but, um, so, mainly at this point, it's me, John Wayne, and George driving the band. Um, when it comes to, like, merch and stuff, um, that's, I mean, that's all three of us. I mean or out, it's all four of us, really. I feel like merch, when it comes to selling merch, you're either at the table, somebody's at the table at all times, and if somebody's at the table, we don't want somebody coming up to the table and going, oh, I wanna buy a shirt, but there's nobody here, you know? And then, if it was me, I'd just take a shirt and leave, cause it's like, all right, well, <laughs> you guys lost a sale. Um, or I'd just walk away, because, I mean, nobody's there. Yeah. Um, so everybody tries to push the shirts. I think the last show we didn't push shirts at all because we were all fucking drunk. Um, yeah. I know I was drunk. Um, but we, um, yeah, I mean that, that's the creative process. That's a lot of that's me and George. I mean, me and George, we, before practice, I show up about a half hour, hour early. We start playing. Sometimes a riff comes to mind and he just starts drumming to it. And it comes out to be a song. Literally. Nice. All of our songs were guitar and drums first. It was, I come up with a riff, bring it to practice. He starts playing drums and we click. Sometimes it's just on the fly. Sometimes he's just playing a drum drums and I'm just like, oh, here's a riff for you. And then it becomes a song. Um, we've written songs in five, ten minutes. Yeah, what's, your, you know, uh, like,
0: what's your favorite riff off of the uh, uh, soundtrack of the working class? Uh, ah. Uh,
1: God you damn. Um,
0: got so it'd be I of. can
1: take it. It'd be I can take it. I feel like that song is just so heavy, fast, and it hits you hard. Yeah. And when I first came up with it, it was like <clears throat> that was one of those on the on the fly riffs. It was he. I just started playing it, and he was, and I didn't even know what I was playing. And he was just like, "Oh yeah, okay, okay, cool. Let me just play drums to it." And after that, like I think it was the it's the breakdown riff in there. Um, that just kind of, oh God, it, like, like we're talking about feeding the soul, man. When I get to play that riff, it's like, ah, God yeah. damn, you know, like feels really good. Yeah, um, and that then, <laughs> and then, like, I'd say Stone Brew or self-titled track. That's another one that I really, really love playing because uh, it's just, yeah, it's got a little bit of a, a different taste from what we were doing at that yeah. time. Um, so, well,
0: I'll leave it up to it, you then, as far as which song you want on this podcast. Um, like I said, I could uh, I could pick any one of them. I was gonna go with uh, with Weed Ride, but I could do I can take.
1: Go it. with Weed Ride, man. Right. Push Weed Ride, dude. I love that song. We love that song. You know, it it was a single on that album. It was, and it's and it's and nothing but good for us. We played every show. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's like. Uh, it's our ain't talking about love, you know, like, you, yeah. you know it when you hear it, and you go, okay, I know this song, um, if you know our band, um, and like you said, like, it, it's really done really well online, so, we uh, we love the shit out of that song, and it's just a fun song, man, like, yeah. when you listen to it, you, you're not sitting here going, man, they're really serious, and you listen to it, you're like, oh, okay, okay, motherfuckers, like, yeah. you're just a bunch of stoners, got it, you know, Yeah.
0: so, yeah, man. I say, dude. Well, it's been good talking to you. Um, Absolutely. Usually I probably cap these things around 45 minutes, an hour, something like that. Um, Really, if there's anything we didn't touch on, like uh, upcoming things, usually it's like releases or dates. I know there's not too many of those going around, but uh, stuff you want to mention that the band's doing or might be doing um, that's coming out. Uh, and if not, yeah. no worries.
1: Yeah, we got, uh, we got a few things. Um, we have a show coming up in November. Uh, end of November, it's a Thanksgiving show. It yeah. um, uh, should be down at the Tavern in Calvert County uh, in St. Leonard. Um, we'll be playing down there. We'll post up, I think, I don't know if they posted up the flyer yet, but we're going to post it up soon. And then after that, they're talking about doing what we call Slam the Christmas Tree, yeah. and that will probably be at Tavern as well. Um and then once we're done with that we're going back in the studio we're doing a six song EP called Paying Dues which is basically just a lot of the songs inspired by old music like we got a song that's really in my opinion or not in my opinion I wrote the riff but the riff's inspired by Come Together it's a uh, mm-hmm. like that but it's a little bit different um, but a lot of the song is just straight up inspired by certain um, certain bands like we have a song called ghost of the chesapeake which if you know down there's a song called ghost goes along the mississippi good one yeah so we just took that name and kind of took out the along and we're like ghost of the chesapeake because that's where we're from you know um and we're just we're trying to get that in the studio we're thinking probably april we'll start recording and i'm not sure when it'll be done but you know, like I said before, we're in pre-production for that one, so working on getting counts, we're working on making sure guitar guitar, uh, rhythm and lead are on point with each other and they match up well, um, and just making sure that the lyrics are written down for once, um, mm-hmm. instead of going in a studio and going, oh shit, that's what I was going to say, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, we're working on that, and we don't have much else. I think the idea is Ghost to the Chesapeake to be our next single for that album. Yeah. Um, and throw that out there probably late 2021, which sucks to say, man, because I wanted to be here. I wanted to be in the studio this year, but with the COVID stuff and the guy who usually records for us uh, Oblivion uh, Studios, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but there's a guy, Mike Bozier, out in Upper Marlboro. He's from a band called snipers of Babel, yeah.
2: um
1: and he's an absolute phenomenal um uh, uh producer like dude just like everything we've recorded so far has been with him and it's always perfect um he's a great uh, great producer and i have to throw his ass out there because without him we probably wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now um so, we'll probably go in there, but, like, right now, the whole COVID thing, he was kind of sick, he was having yeah. issues, health issues and stuff, so, unfortunately, we had to push that back. But that's what we have up, coming up right now that I know of. Uh, we're talking about doing a 420 show, but I'm not very sure how much that's going to happen.
0: Well, let me uh, know. Who I mean, knows? I'm, uh,
1: I would love to do a 420 as show. As <laughs> an
0: audience member or a fellow band, I'm, I'm interested, so...
1: Yeah. awesome dude well like I said man uh, we're gonna push your show um, send me some links uh, for the bands. are I know you're in like one or two bands right?
0: Uh, right now just one I call it the Hollow Truth just one? yeah
1: the Hollow Truth? yeah okay cool I'm gonna have to check that out then um, and yeah. we'll plug we'll plug your show we'll plug the band um, and I would love I would absolutely love to get back on here with you another time, obviously later in the future. Yeah,
0: um, yeah good With point, a couple of yeah, I don't bring that up enough to re invite everyone. I mean, I right. hope that it's obvious, but I understand maybe it's not. So, right. uh, anytime, any like, yeah, if you're putting out new absolutely. stuff, just hit me up. Um, basically, I'd much rather promote. <laughs> Promote people's uh, stuff that's coming out, you know. Right. So like that, really. If I can time it well too, I feel like it, it right. helps, you know. So. Right. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, man. Well, I, I and honestly, I appreciate you giving me the time of day for this. Uh, you don't get that too often. Well, nowadays, I guess you do. But Maybe. um, you I, just hit you yeah. just hit us up, man. We didn't even have to hit you up. You were like, you want to do this, and I'm like. Yeah. I just
0: tell everybody it's um, open invitation, and honestly, most people turn me down. But really, yeah, believe it or not, but I just what like, I'm just like if you want to talk about your music, it's an open invitation. I'm not here to throw any of my stuff or anything extra. Right. I'm just having fun talking to people, meeting people, and awesome. uh, it's been good so far. So I don't plan on stopping.
1: Awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, like I said, dude, like, if, if you, if you want to, and it, we're going to plug the show, obviously, but if you want to do something later on, and we got, you know, uh, like I said, we're going to be doing something later, or, you know, late next year. Yeah, it's, um, it's
0: starting to look like it's coming together, and it's starting to get closer definitely. to release. And then, um, definitely. obviously, you got my number, or Facebook, or whatever we're on. So,
1: Absolutely, and yeah. I'll I'll refer you to a couple of people, uh, a few of the bands oh, that yeah, we play with,
0: who especially like I said, if they're coming out with new stuff, or not, right? Hit, hit
1: and um, that guy Bozier I told you about, that is somebody you want to talk to, because that guy has so much experience. He was in a I can't remember the name of the band he was in years ago, but he's like I think he's in his late forties, early fifties. He used to be, play with like. Bands like Machine Head and stuff nice. like that back out in out in L.A. So he's got Oblivion was the name of the band. Sorry, the studio is called Oblivion. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't put those two together, but he's in this band, man, years ago, and he's seen everything, dude. If you want a long, long podcast, that's the guy to talk to, man, because
0: he's, Cause he's seen it, it all. I'm, I'm more than interested. Yeah, so.
1: uh, yeah. I'll send him. I'll send him a little. Uh, I'll send him your way and see see what he wants to do, because they're yeah. always looking for something, man. You know, everybody's everybody's bored out of their minds at this point.
0: Yeah, so. I'm just trying to help Cena. You know, anyway we
1: appreciate it, man. So. Absolutely, dude, and I we appreciate that. Community comes first, man. Yeah. And one for all, all for one type thing. You know, damn right, man. So all right, man. Well, we appreciate it, dude. I really do.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, thanks for tuning in, and thanks to Chris for coming on and talking about Stone Brew. The song you're hearing in the background is called We Ride. It's a song we mentioned that has a music video out for it now. Um, I picked it up off of iTunes, but you can find it most places on the internet that you listen to music. And uh, other than that, thank you for listening. Feel free to uh, subscribe to the podcast, share it, or anything
2: like that.